Synergy Autism Podcast. So this is one of my very favorite topics when coaching parents, professionals, and individuals on spectrum themselves. Today, I'm giving you what what I'm going to call the golden ticket to helping someone you know, or yourself, think for themselves. That golden ticket is for you to simply resist the urge to solve problems for somebody with autism. And if you yourself have autism, you can ask those around you to stop solving problems for you as you would like to learn to do it for yourself. All right, let me take a step back for a moment. We are learning through research studies right now about our brains, about autism, that the act of shifting one's attention early in development is an indicator of autism. I mention this so that you can consider the fact that people with autism frequently need more time to shift their attention from one thing that they're thinking about or doing before being able to attend to what you've asked them or a comment or even something occurring in the environment. So let's take this a little bit further. I'd like for you to consider that if people around a child, teen or adult, if the people around a child, teen or adult solve problems for them, by telling them what to do rather than supporting their independent problem solving, they will grow up not being able to solve problems for themselves, which is our ultimate goal for everyone. I see way too many teens and young adults in my practice who have not been introduced to the idea that they have processing time needs that then impact the opportunities that they have gotten throughout their lives for their own decision-making. So whatever age you are or the person you're supporting may be, let's get you started with making these opportunities come alive for them. Again, the secret is to resist, or better yet, even stop completely, the urge to solve. We tend to want to be helpful, alleviate awkward silences, rush children along, or focus on compliance. However, these only limit a person's opportunity to make decisions for themselves. When we help someone when they could do it themselves, we rob them of an opportunity. When we fill in that awkward silence, we potentially derail that person's thought processing. When we rush children along, we raise their anxiety, making decision-making even harder than it needs to be. And when we focus primarily on someone just doing what they are told to do, aka compliance, we severely underestimate the power of that child, teen, or adult in finding new and creative ways to solve their own problems and learn about themselves. You know, I'd love for you to think about this. So you know that look on a child's face when they are thinking about something, but not yet taking action, I guess it could be a child or an adult or a teen or whoever, but that, that moment that they're thinking, not, not taking any action, but they're thinking, this is a beautiful moment to savor. And sadly, one that we do not commonly celebrate in the autism world. We need to be guiding autistic children to um, explore Consider, think, plan, and basically pause before reacting. 
So if you see somebody in your life with autism having that moment of thinking before taking action, that is beautiful. Give them that time to do that. All right. So please note that if you need to listen to my mini podcast that I call Writing High, please do. That podcast is all about how you need to first target bringing a child or a person's nervous system into a zone where they can think rather than being in this you know, hypervigilant mode. This would have to come first or at least alongside with this podcast's recommendations to resist the urge to solve and allow a person to think for themselves. So what do you do instead of solving for them? It's really quite simple, actually. I never really talk about horribly challenging shifts that anyone needs to make for real change to happen. It's actually truly in those subtle changes, the shift in your mindset, the shifts in your communication that make the most amazing and lifelong changes. So resist the urge to solve. Get out of fix mode. Share, explore, and engage with the problem instead of moving too quickly to solving. Consider yourself an expert in seeing and evaluating problems or issues that need to be addressed. You could be a tour guide for everyday living rather than being in fixed mode all the time. So be a tour guide for your child. I know that sounds funny, but you, you're gonna, you can, your child with autism may just need your time and attention to be shifted to the problem at hand. They have the skills. This is the beautiful thing about autism is they have, frequently have, I can't speak for everybody, but majority have the skills and resources to solve issues on their own. They just need to be given the opportunity to orient to them. So notice how much solving that you already do. This would be step one. If you're exhausted from giving directives, cues, and not having a lot of long-lasting shift happening in your household, guess what? You are solving too much. It's a good indication. All right. So I'm going to take you through the steps of how to resist the urge to solve and get out of fixed mode. So number one, Give time for attention to shift. You can read or listen in more to this topic on my website under what I call Curiosity to You, as well as you can read this in my upcoming book that's released on June 15th. So I go much more into depth about this, but give time for attention to shift. Give time for the person or the child's attention to shift. Then two, state what you see. If you see that they are heading out the door in shorts, a t-shirt, and no shoes, stating what you see would be for you to say something like, oh, goodness, it's really cold outside. Or, those shorts are not going to keep you very warm. Or, simply, oh, no, while pointing to their bare skin. Number three. So first, give time for attention to shift to you primarily and to the problem at hand. State what you see, what the problem is. Three, allow time for them to process the issue. 
This may take up to a full minute or two. So you state the problem and then give them processing time. Really, a full minute or two. I am not talking 10 seconds. I'm not talking 30 seconds. I'm talking a full minute or two. Offer the issue or the problem, ensuring that they observe it too. Then start counting to at least 60 in your head silently. I still do this to the day. Even though I've done this for years, I still count in my head. Just as a reminder to myself to not fill in that awkward silence, to not rush things, etc. So counting helps you stay regulated. All right. One, give time for, for attention to shift. Two, state what you see. Three, allow time for processing. Four, stand ready to help or clarify, but only give it once they seek your help. So you stand ready, you don't leave. Seeking help, though, is a way of solving a problem. Oh my gosh, if I had more of my clients asking for help, I would be so thrilled. So allow them that opportunity to seek help before you give it to them (laughs) is a great opportunity right there. So what I'm also trying to say is that you can give them help at that point. Like, don't think that, oh, they have to solve their own problems. Asking for help is solving their problem. That's one way. So you can give them help at that point, but only if they have requested the assistance. That doesn't have to mean verbally. It could mean that they're handing you something. It could mean that they are um, asking in another way. All right. Number, let's see. So that was stand ready to help, but only help once they seek. And then five, the last one, I think, is... Yes, the last one. If they do not respond to the above, I want you to do um, a little pat on your own back that you provided the opportunity and then adjust your approach. So this may just be a slight adjustment to try again another time. And adjustment options, I'm going to give you a few. One um, is consider reducing the distractions that are competing for their attention in that moment. They can't either focus on the problem or they don't have time and um, can't prioritize the decision making. So simply just reducing the distractions can help a lot. Another way that you can make an adjustment is to stop talking altogether and only use your body language and gestures to guide the, the attention. So basically reducing the overall input and intensity in that moment where you are giving them the opportunity to solve their own problems or issues. Another adjustment might be to state the issue more clearly and concretely. I gave one example a little bit earlier. Um, If you just said, for example, it's cold outside, making the adjustment might be your shorts and your t-shirt are not warm enough. Something like that. So that's just being more specific and concrete. Um, And then the last one is that you may have to state... Um, the issue and provide options for solving. Okay, so this is going like a little bit in between, not solving for them, but I might, I'm giving you a little bit of permission to, to um, what I call narrow the field. Okay, so state the issue and provide options for solving. So this addresses the fact that sometimes it may feel too open-ended when you give this opportunity, and they may need the field of choices narrowed for them. All right, so that's it. 
It's a mind shift change. So I hope this was helpful. Just remember it is that shift in your thinking that is most important. Your actions will follow. Give your child or the person in your life with autism the gifts of time and opportunities to solve problems on their own. This leads the way for them to become independent decision makers long term. So let's see. Check out my website, SynergyAutismCenter.com, where I have both free and paid options for learning more on a lot of different topics. Please also keep an eye out for my book that's being released on June 15th. It's titled Seeing Autism, Connection Through Understanding. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Synergy Autism Center. So not my name, but by Synergy Autism Center. And lastly, just a reminder, enjoy one another. You matter. Neurodiversity is one of the most beautiful things about our humanity. Please take care. Synergy Autism Podcast.